In a world filled with movies, it can be hard to choose just one to watch. What do you want to watch? I don't know. What do you want to watch? I don't know. What do you want to watch? I'm not deciding this. What do you want to watch? I asked first. Come on. What do you want to watch? No. What do you want to watch? What do you want to watch, Patrick? What do you Where even narrowing watch? down a you genre can be a struggle. How about we watch a drama? Too many emotions. Okay, then how about we watch an action film? Too many explosions. I know, I know. Let's watch a horror movie. Uh... Wouldn't it be easier to leave things to chance? Okay, talking isn't getting us anywhere. We need to figure out another way to go. Why don't we just roll some dice to figure out who gets to pick and what genre we do? Whatever. Here we go. Welcome to the Diecast Movie Podcast, where the movie we watch is decided by the roll of a die. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Diecast Movie Podcast. And today we're doing a movie review. We're going to be doing a movie review of The Body Snatcher. And I'm at the Mid Atlantic Nostalgia Convention. And. I was thinking, who better to talk about the body snatcher with than Mr. Monster Bash? <laughs> Ron Adams at one of my, there's only two conventions I love. The Mid-Atlantic Nostalgia Convention and Monster Bash. And don't ask me to pick which one is number one because I love them both. And I think you can have more than one love when it comes to these conventions because they're very similar. Ron, how you doing today? Great. Thanks, Steve. I'm glad to be here. I love the Mid-Atlantic Nostalgia Convention. Like Monster Bash, it, I know why you like it, too, because they're both like family reunions of people that love stuff. This show, a little more TV-oriented. Ori- Monster Bash, a little more classic monster-oriented. And there's some overlap. I know down here they've had mm-hmm. Rico Browning before. They've mm-hmm. had um, Caroline Monroe, Martine Beswick, Veronica Carlson. So there's, there's overlap right. between— Patrick Wayne's here right now. We had him at Bash, you know. Oh, he is, he is such a joy to talk to. Good guy. And I, I'm yeah. hoping that you get him back at Bash again. Yeah, great guy, yeah. He's, he's awesome and uh, so so nice. And, and that's, that's the great thing about the, the celebrities that both you guys have come out. They really care about talking to people, being with the fans, and sharing, getting that love from the fans and giving that love back to the fans. Yeah, it's great to see some people that uh, we've got some older um, actors and actresses that, you know, they've been kind of out of the scene for decades and suddenly they're a star again. And and it's nice to see them beaming and smiling again uh, because the fans never forgot. So, yeah. And that's the beauty of movies, um, whether it's movies or TV, their body of work will last for decades and decades and hopefully for even longer than us than you and I both be around and yeah. people be enjoying these works of art for what they are and yes some of these movies as we all know might not be the greatest movie it doesn't mean that the performance that they're doing is not great yeah absolutely and even even movies that are low budget if if someone enjoys enjoys them they're worthwhile and and it's all it is art history now so the old classic films it's art history and it's going to be history Oh, I know. And that's why I enjoy going to your convention and this one here because you get a chance to talk with the people that are at those conventions. And um, speaking of that, you have a convention coming up in October. Yeah, uh, Monster Bash is back in a hotel. We're going to be at, at the Double Tree in Mars, Pennsylvania, 
Uh, and that'll be October 22nd, 23rd, and 24th uh, with a lot of great guests. Uh, we have Victoria Vetri coming, who has done, uh, hasn't done any East Coast shows yet. And uh, she's in, of course, When Dinosaurs Ruled the Earth and lots and lots of TV. Isn't she also Invasion? Is Invasion of the Bee? Invasion of the Bee Girls. Yeah, the Bee Girls. I was yes. trying to remember. Mm-hmm. I was making sure I got Invasion of the Bee Girls. So yeah. that, she's in a couple. Of yeah, films. yeah. She's in a lot of stuff. And, and I was, I actually wasn't aware she's in things like Batman. And I mean, the, the 1960s TV, she was all over. Hogan's Heroes, all kinds of things. And um, we have, uh, you know, a lot of other great folks. Veronica, Veronica Carlson's coming back. Uh, one of the great hammer gals. Of course, from Horror Frankenstein and, uh, you know, all of her hammer work and, and the ghoul as well. And so she, and, she'll be back. And for listeners, I've met Veronica Carlson at Monster Bash and Mid-Atlantic Nostalgia Convention. She is just such a joy to be. She just loves talking to people and she brings such emotion and, and sincerity yeah, she, to everything. She's a class act, but she's also very, very friendly to the fans. Just super, uh, she gives back that, that, that monster love, you bet. Uh, we also have someone new coming, another besides uh, Victoria Vetri, someone else new, Pamela Pierce, who's in The Legend of Boggy Creek. Um, she's in uh, the very notable scene of, like, the, the girl sleepover scene. She's, like, one of the teenage gals there. And her dad was the director of uh, Legend of Boggy Creek, and she has gone, uh, in the past couple of years here, has gone to great lengths to have the film restored and she is, uh, you know, uh, independently issued it now in beautiful, gorgeous Blu-ray. Um, so it would be great to have her, and she's just a wonderful, too, a wonderful person to talk to. And her dad was Charles B. Pierce, right? Exactly. And that's I've, I've been putting off buying the Blu-ray because I've been waiting to see her at your convention to get it because I want to get an autographed copy. Yeah, <laughs> yep, and she'll be autographing copies of that and, and photos and stuff, but uh, that's an iconic, well, it is the Bigfoot movie. When you think of all the Bigfoot movies, that is the Bigfoot movie. I remember seeing it when I was a boy, and it's still with me, that the trailer scene, if I remember right, there was a, the scene with the trailer, mm-hmm. and that one was still, it's still, you, I mean, I'm talking, it's been uh, what, 30, 40 years since I've seen it, and I can still remember that scene scaring me. I always love uh, isolation horror, and that's and that I think what you're talking about, that trailer, they're, uh, they're like in a house, and, and, the, thi- and the Bigfoot is are outside and smashing through windows, and it's like, you know, the horror is going to get to you, and it's, it's, it's a, a great trailer and a great movie, yeah. Oh, I know. I'm really look, I'm looking forward to meeting her and talking to her about her dad's work, and, and, and how, it's so nice to see it being restored i'm really looking forward to seeing this crisp blu-ray version because i've heard people like yourself say so many good things about it it is beautiful it's it's great because there's been for years there's been uh copies out there of it and none of them you know were really good it was all always blurry or you know just the resolution was bad but this is stunning so it's great now we also have beverly washburn coming um and she is a, a treat. Um, you're talking about fan-friendly people. She is like, you can't get more fan-friendly than Beverly Washburn. She is just a sweetheart. And, uh, of course, a lot of your uh, listeners probably know her from Spider Baby with, uh, you know, Lon Chaney. And, um, but she, she's in a lot more than that. Uh, she's in the classic Old Yeller, the Disney film. Um, and she's in lots of TV, Star Trek, and the list just goes on and on and on. She's she's one of those working actors that's 
when you look at her IMDb page, it's you 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 think of it, you know her for like you said the first two films and Star Trek. Yeah. Then you look at her IMDb page and see oh, like it's miles long. Yeah. Holy mackerel, yeah. she was in everything because everybody back then in the '60s was in all these different TV shows and yeah. so on. Yeah, she she's in lots of different things. Um, and then um, Sharon Moffat is coming to Monster Bash, and we're going to highlight her and spotlight her this bash because she's had such a you know, a, a, a tremendous career as a child actress. Um, now, she hasn't made films for decades, but the movies she made are fabulous. And I've actually, besides The Body Snatcher, I've just recently started to dig into her other films. She is one great little actress. I watched something called uh, My Pal Wolf, which is about a, um, uh, a an army dog that she finds who had gotten lost, and she... Uh, adopts this dog but then uh, there's forces I don't without giving away too much of the plot that want to take it away from her it's a it's a heart-wrenching and wonderful little story and she is just terrific in it and I saw her in something called the locket which is a really neat uh, dramatic suspense kind of uh, melodrama and once again she just shines in it the the lead actress it's told in a series of flashbacks and the lead actress as a little girl is Sharon Moffat. And she and that's where the key to the whole movie is is her as a young girl. And it's just it's terrific. And, and then uh, of course a lot of people know her from uh, Mr. Blanding's uh, Builds His Dream House, uh, a classic, you know, wonderful comedy with her in that. And, and then we get to what we all know, the body snatcher. And one thing I want to say just before we talk about the body snatcher yeah. is, my understanding, she's only done one convention. And it's your convention. She's been there many times, but because she lives nearby, yeah, so it's pretty a, much like an exclusive person to you. It is an <laughs> interesting story as to how I got her at Monster Bash years ago. Uh, I was I had contacted Greg Moffat, her brother, who's in Robot Monster. He's the little boy in Robot Monster. He's out in L.A. and you know I flew him in the Monster Bash, and I. I, I said, is there any way we can get your sister? And he goes, oh, my sister hasn't really, uh, really doesn't have that much of an interest in her career. And I, I said, well, she was terrific. She's fabulous. He, she had gone on to do a lot of church work, and um, and I didn't know this, but she was in Pittsburgh because I assumed she was like Greg out in the West Coast. And I said, well, Greg, is there any way we can? He says, she just isn't really interested in doing those things. And I said, well, what if I make a donation to her church? And he says, let me let me approach her. And that did the trick. Uh, once she realized that the fan base is out there, she has loved coming to Monster Bash. And she is a wonderful woman. And um, she, and, and I went to get her, talk to her, and I was saying, okay, where do I fly you at, L LAX? She goes, oh, no, I'm about 20 minutes away from your <laughs> hotel. <laughs> I'm like... You, you're here. You're like in Pittsburgh, you know. So, uh, so I didn't even know when I was first trying to get her to the show that she was right there. Like she lives very close to Monster Bash, and she's elderly, so she doesn't do a lot of shows. But um, in fact, I, yeah, like you said, I think she's only done Bash. Uh, but the fans love her, and she loves the fans, and she's she just was uh, floored that people, you know, came out and remembered her for these movies from years and years and years ago. And she's got a great memory. She talks about uh, she was an RKO stock player, and she was in lots of movies. 
I mean, I've, I've met her a couple times at your conventions because she, com- she comes to your summer one and your fall one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, she is just so, so nice and kind. And it's, it's like you said, she remembers all these little details. There's like some movies she's a little hazy on because, again, she was a child actor right, right. at the time. So it's, you can't expect people to remember stuff from uh, five decades ago or yeah. six decades ago. Yeah. I, I mean, you and I probably have trouble remembering stuff from five weeks yeah. ago. <laughs> I don't know what was lunch yesterday. So, yeah. Yeah. And that's, but it's amazing how they can remember all those details. And whoever goes to the Monster Bash or whatever convention you ever go to, don't be shy about coming up and talking to the celebrities because they're there they just they love to talk to you they want to hear your story you want to hear their stories and it's great because basically they pay the admission to go to your convention you don't have to buy an autograph they don't have to buy a picture but you can wait in line go up to the table and a lot of times if you time it right there's nobody at the table depending on what's going on you can get some nice quality time with one of the uh the actors or actresses and a lot of times they're just as thrilled to, to hear your memories as they are to you know for you to meet them so it's neat and how much does it cost to attend monster bash for a day or for the, the okay well uh, r- the advance price for all three days is forty dollars um if you want to just get go at the gate and you can get twenty dollars a day uh or fifty dollars for all three days and that's you know right there in person but if you order in advance it's forty dollars for three days and um, they can they can look they can order that in advance on what you can go to uh monsterbash.us uh or creepyclassics.com either place you can see where to click to get monster bash admission memberships and uh you know it's not just going to meet celebrities it is non-stop entertainment as you know steve i mean we have uh movies and we have Q&A sessions, various crazy, nutty, fun events that tie in with, with the classic movies, and, of course, the guest, and then a, a ballroom that is just jammed with great vendors where you can find all kinds of memorabilia and stu- the, the monster stuff you grew up with. It's all there in a big ballroom. And I think the one thing you didn't mention, I think which is the most important thing with Monster Bash and the Mid-Atlantic Nostalgia Convention, is you get there and you're with like-minded people. And... You could be waiting in a line. You can turn to the person in front of you, the person behind you, and you can just start talking about, in your case, different monster movies or whatever, especially, and the two of you can have a great conversation, and you'll learn stuff, they'll learn stuff, and then next thing you know, you see them in another line, and next thing you know, you come back next year, you see this person again, and you got a new friend. Yeah, it's it, it's like uh, running into all the brothers and sisters you didn't know you had. They they all everyone that comes to Monster Bash and Mid Atlantic here too, they they grew up with the same type of pop culture. And you know, at Monster Bash you can turn to someone you don't know and talk about George Zuko or Dwight Fry or Lionel Atwill and they know exactly who you're talking about. It's not like, you know, if you're out on the street in in a mall or something and you bring up George Zuko, people are gonna say, Does he run like the, the local heating <laughs> and cooling company or who is that? But now, yeah, everyone, every, everyone is like-minded, as you said. Yeah, and, that, and that's what makes it fun. Is so you get to, you get to have those conversations that you've always been wanting to have, but never knew you wanted to have. Yeah. Now you suddenly have the people that will understand where you're coming from. And again, it's, I think one of my favorite things is the when the convention nights when everybody's in the lobby area, just oh. kicking back and and talking about memories and and everyone grew up the same way. That you know, it's it's great. And one of the things we always like to talk about is the movies. 
and the movie you picked. Now, normally we do die rolls to decide what genre movie we're going to pick. But with Ron, every time I rolled the die, it kept coming up monster movie. We don't even have monster <laughs> movie lab- labeled on our genres. I don't. I think Ron put a voodoo hex on my dice or something, <laughs> used some magical spell. But it kept saying, monster movie, monster movie, monster movie. I was like, how is this happening? Either I'm hallucinating, Ron had a spell on me, or whatever. It was George Zuko from the Voodoo Man putting the hex on you. Yeah, yeah. There we go. It yeah. all comes back to George Zuko. <laughs> <laughs> all points, all roads lead to George Zuko. And you picked the body snatcher, and I've seen that movie many times. I think you've seen it way more oh, often than I have. And it is an amazing movie. It's a wonderful movie. It's it's. You know, naturally, it's a horror movie, but it, it's much more than that. Uh, it's a great drama. It's It's got romance, and it's got a wonderful music score. Uh, I believe Roy Webb did the music score. And um, the swelling music at the end of this film is just, it's emotional. Uh, it's just the, the music itself. We could spend time talking about the music of this movie, but you have everything working for it. You've got great direction. You've got uh, producer Val Luton. You've got um, the, ac- the 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 crew and the actors. You got Karloff as the body snatcher. You've got uh, Bela Lugosi, who's uh, trying to to blackmail the body snatcher. Henry Danielle, uh, a wonderful actor. Um, who is the doctor requiring uh, bodies that might be gained by less than uh, than reputable uh, means? Now Henry Danielle is an interesting actor. A lot of people don't talk about Henry Danielle, but uh, he's he's in great stuff. You can see him pop up uh, Twilight Zone, Four Skulls of Jonathan Drake, um, and there's a thriller episode that Karloff hosts. Uh, the episode is called Well of Doom. And Henry Danielle in it is actually in makeup looking like the London After Midnight vampire. It's very cool. Um, but Henry Danielle is just a, a wonderful, you know, a British actor, and he's great in it. Karloff, always great. Lugosi was kind of relegated to a minor role. I, I actually um, was at a talk from Robert Wise, the director, and he was saying told me that... Uh, um, that Lugosi was suffering from back pain a lot, and they didn't give him a lot to do, and uh, and so he's not as present. But there is a key scene between Karloff and Lugosi that is iconic, where uh, Karloff is doesn't like being blackmailed, and so he he wants to show uh, Jacob uh, Lugosi's character how he burks them, which is basically. He's uh, he's gotten Lugosi drunk and he's going to kill him. And it's it's a, a riveting, just uh, electrifying scene in the Body Snatcher. One of the things I love about the cinematography and the way it was directed is the scene where Karloff is taking the coach out and he's, and he's following this young lady. Oh, yeah. And there's the mist or the fog, whatever you want to call click, it. Click clock, click clock, click clock. You hear the uh, horses. You see horse. her go into the mist. You see him go into the mist with the car. You never see a thing, and you know nothing good came of her. And the suspense, the tension that was built. In total darkness, you hear the, the horses click-clocking of the, the hooves stop. And the, the whole time, the young girl is singing, and suddenly you hear it just stop mid-note. And you know, without in the darkness, you, you, you know exactly 
it's more horrifying what you picture in your mind. You don't see anything but the darkness of the the rain wet cobblestone street. You know, it's that's a great scene, Steve. And I think a lot a lot of filmmakers that do that where they they cut away or they set it up where you don't see it. Your imagination, as you just said, makes everything everybody's interpretation is going to be different. It's like when you read a book in a sense, and what you think is going to be happening or happen to her is going to be so much more sensational or, or terrible than whatever they could put on screen. Because when you, when you see it on screen, people are like, oh, they could have did this, they could have that, right. they could have had more of this. But you but, don't see, and it's what your own interpretation is of what horror happened, yeah. Which is also a Val Luden... Trademark. Trademark yeah, all those films. Yeah. Awesome films. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, there was another scene. Oh, of course. I, I don't want to... Should I give us? I don't want to give too much of a spoiler here, but the the the, the climax of this film, I I won't, I don't want to say exactly what happens, but uh, it the climax is, you is unbelievable, and it's like a lightning bolt hitting you. Um, so I mean, there are just iconic scenes all the way through this movie, and when there's not a particularly, like electrifying scene, there's just great acting, great emotion, and and a great look. You know, the whole film just looks so slick and great and moody. And one of the things I want to bring up, Sharon Moffat as the child actor mm -hmm. is so amazing because she is the innocent, her and her mom are the innocents in this whole web of various levels of terribleness to good intentions that go awry. Right. And... It, the, the doctor learns so many things because of these bodies that he's able to help her um, and stuff like that, or attempt to help her. Because I don't don't tell everybody how it ends or whatever. Right, right. But if you would explain Sharon Moffat's part in it, yeah, Sharon Moffat is the uh, is a child that that can't walk. She has paralysis, and um, her mother is is pleading with uh, the doctor Henry Danielle and his assistant um, to to help, and um, that eventually. You know, start. It's a web that all comes together. And Sharon is she's so um, real in the film. Uh, she's so um, she, she just portrays the the character so well as uh, wanting to walk and not being able to, but she can't. You know, she's just she is a, uh, she was a you know a little girl, and she doesn't seem like she's acting at all, which is perfect thing there's a lot of child actors you can tell they're they're being fed lines or they're being uh and she was i mean she she was being given lines by her mom uh coaching her but she delivers them with the actual emotion that you would expect in real life and not just wrote or or just blurted out um she's actually has all this uh, emotion and she just she's an outstanding child actress um, and she shines in this as a little girl that wants to walk, and she wants she has a relationship um, in a different way than everyone else in the film with the body snatcher Karloff. She sees him as a, just this nice man, this cabman that uh, has this horse, and he always likes to lets lets her pet the horse, 
and she's always then looking for the horse. I want to see the white horse, Mom, she would say. And um, so her relationship is totally different from everyone else in the film with Karloff. Uh, You know, Karloff is this evil, nasty character. But to little Sharon Moffat, he's actually, he's nice to her and she looks up to him. It's, It's interesting, the dynamics of the whole thing. And I think that's what makes it interesting. If you want to take this to real life, where everybody says, when, some, when you hear about somebody um, doing some horrific things in their neighborhood or whatever, and they say, but they're always so nice and kind. And I think that ties into that. Because yeah. if you were to ask Sharon Moffat's character about, oh, he, you know, he's a terrible person. Like, no, he was always this and this and this. And that's always what she's going to remember because that was their relationship. Right, right. And I think that's what... This Which is, is really real life. I mean, you know, you, you can... There are, you know, you, you hear about nice sides to this, some evil, evil people. And, you know, if that's the only exposure you have to them, you have no idea that they, there's maybe something really dark going on behind their eyes. So... Yeah, which I think Carlos' performance being that... Making the character so complex. Yeah. And the way I think he's awesome. cited in a few places that, that he that was his favorite role. I, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure I read in a couple places he cites that as like the role that saved him from just being in B B B movies all the time. And um, yeah, he's he's so good in it. He's th- he's had so many great performances in so many films. This one, and I think the Black Cat mm-hmm. are probably two of my favorite uh, two, two performances that to me are some of his greatest work. Well, it's interesting you mentioned the black cat to sidetrack a bit. He's so different in that normally he's ki- a kindly mad scientist or, you know, s- slightly deranged, but not as evil. He, you know, usually it was Lugosi a lot of times had the evil roles, but in the black cat it was reversed and Lugosi was actually not the evil one and Karloff is totally evil in the black cat and he pulls it off because he's such a great actor. He, he could be totally evil or the kindly old you know, scientist. And, that, and that's what I mean about being such a great actor because I think so many people sometimes forget that these are actors. This isn't the way they are in real life and how they're able to draw those performances and make people believe they're real is a testament of their ability. And it pulled off so naturally. And this movie has, like with Forrest Karloff, Bella Lugosi's done so many great performances and it's, one, it, it's, it's all a nice, great performance, even though, as you and I both said, it's in a smaller scale because of Barry's back issues or whatever. I mean, not everybody could be, sometimes people say, oh, we wish he had more and more. But sometimes if you get too much of one yeah. thing, it could throw off the whole balance of the film. Right. And I think this film is just so excellent the way it is paced and yeah. the tension rises. It's Yes, I do want more of this or more of that, but sometimes, you know, it's like Halloween. You eat too much Halloween candy. Right. It, it doesn't feel too good right. the next day. Right. <laughs> yep. That's true. So, yeah, it's a great movie. Great movie. And I'm assuming you're going to be screening this at the convention. Yeah, we're going to do some of the um, – the lesser-known Sharon Moffat films, too. We are going to do The Locket, and we'll probably throw My Pal Wolf in there uh, just to show off what, what a great little actress Sharon Moffat was. Oh, she was definitely, she was a, a great actor. And as a child, um, I was talking to a child actor today and yesterday at the Mid-Atlantic Nostalgia Convention, Mary Batum, mm-hmm. from To Kill a Mockingbird, yeah. who played Scout. And she was also in the, the Twilight Zone. The Bewitching Pool. Yeah, mm-hmm. the Twilight Zone, yeah. And um, she was in a William Castle movie, which I know you... Let's Kill Uncle, yeah. Let's Kill Uncle. Yeah. She was also such a natural, and I think never had acting lessons prior to To Kill a Mockingbird. Went in there, learned her craft on the fly. But some people are just so gifted 
that they're able to keep that naturalism there and not look like they're, as you said, robots. Right. right. And that's what makes these performances and these movies so memorable is that you, on occasion, get these young actors that are able to do such great work. Yeah, yeah. It's there's a there's a only a small handful out of uh, the many many kid actors that are so natural and and uh, Mary Batum and, and Sharon Moffat are in that category. And for those wondering, The Body Snatcher is available, you know, I mm-hmm. think on DVD, Blu-ray. And Blu-ray, yeah. yeah. And I'm not sure how, I'm not sure what it's like on streaming. But I'm I'm a physical media guy. I know you're a physical media guy. I'm a collector. <laughs> yeah. What can you say? When, when the streaming, the negative is, is the streaming services lose rights, and then you, you don't see it. Yeah. And I like it where I can just stick it in and watch it. Yeah. I, I, I do like it when I'm streaming from right, away right. from home. It's I convenient. Can still watch yeah. It. Uh, but it's nice to whenever you want it, regardless of what its status is. If you have a physical copy, it's always nice to pop it in when you want. And also, you don't have to worry about being edited later out, later on. Yeah. Um, and then you're wondering, like, wait a minute, didn't that scene happen there? Didn't this right. scene happen there? And that kind of yeah. stuff. And that, which, as you and I both know, has happened to movies. And I like to or see. Or cigarettes being actually digitally removed from scenes and th- <laughs> all kinds of things. I mean, it's a film history. I, I want to see what was originally there, regardless of what the, the current situations are. I, I want to see what was there as history. Yeah, and I, I really I agree with you. And I think. To me, whatever was the theatrical performance, that's the one I want to yeah, see. Yeah. Yes, there's directors, cuts, there's added things, but I like to see what made it to the screen because that's what I saw, especially if it's a movie I saw in the, in the theater. And then when you go to see it later on, you're like, wait a minute, that's, did I remember wrong? Or and right, I like yeah. to see what was then seen by the audience because mm-hmm. I think that's the best way to appreciate it. Yeah. And, um, Ron, I want to thank you for – doing this um, review with me and talking about Monster Bash. Absolutely. And again, people, if you want to buy DVDs, Blu-rays, even VHS. That's true. (laughs) Yeah, we still have have new VHS factory sealed, you know, so and and VHS, it's like the new vinyl. People are getting it. People really are starting to collect VHS as, as a collectible. Um, they can go to Creepy Classics. Yeah, creepyclassics.com. And then, of course, if you want to find out more about the Monster Bash, you can click from a link on Creepy Classics or just go to monsterbash.us. And one thing I want to tell everybody, because this episode will be coming out prior to the Monster Bash, when Black Friday comes up, follow Creepy Classics, you know, because every hour <laughs> they have a, a Black Friday special just for that hour. And you can, I think it's like 40, buy 40, 50 hours of something, and then you can get pretty much almost matching merchandise. Or more. Or more. <laughs> so it's almost like two for one, or, or you can, you can, for the price of one, you can two things or three things worth of stuff. And yeah, I, I go crazy during that, that, the, those, that day. It's like we have fun just doing all kinds of crazy prize packages with stuff. Yeah. And Ron knows, I, I, Ron can vouch, I'm, I'm, I'm being serious. I actually do contact him because you call him up and um, it's like, yeah, Ron, I want to get this and this. Because the packages change each hour. And uh, what's nice is you go to the Creepy Classics thing, do this a couple of days before Black Friday, make your little list, <laughs> put that into things. You're like, oh, I want to make sure I get this and this. And then when you see those specials, and one of the things that I always try to pick up is you have Monster Bash passes. Yeah, I usually throw those the in thing there. If you buy yeah. certain merchandise, right. and that's. As you said, Monster Bash costs how much? $40 for the weekend, yeah. So. And it's usually, what, two tickets, I think? Yeah. Or, and so if you spend $40, you are getting 80 
yeah. back. I mean, it's it's you, you can't be upset with that. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right. Well, I appreciate you having me, Steve. I o- always appreciate talking to you. Oh, I like talking to you. And uh, again, when you're talking to somebody who knows so much about monster movies, and uh, that is you. <laughs> I mean, it's it's there's there's only probably like a handful of people that I know that are as knowledgeable, and you have them all at your show. You have Tom Weaver, you have Greg Mank, you have other people there. Frank Delastrito. They're all great, all great historians, and, and I can't hold a candle to them, but I do love this stuff, and I've loved it since I was a little teeny kid. And that's what I love about it. You get there and you get to talk to people and enjoy that love. So listeners, we recommend The Body Snatcher. Own a copy. Get a copy. You, it, it's out there. Come to Monster Bash. Meet some of these great celebrities. If you can't come to this year's bash, it's usually in June and October right. every year. Um, the last year is last year. This is a new year. Yep. You know, new back time. in the hotel this October 22, 23, 24, back at the Double Tree. Yep. Yeah. And um, listeners, again, thank you for listening in and feel free to share this video. Make sure people know. And if you can get to Pittsburgh to do the Monster Bash, I'm going to be there this October. I'm um, having a great time. Just look for a guy that's smiling and happy and just. And if you want to talk to me, just come on up and start chatting. We'll talk about whatever you want to talk about, especially if it's monster movies or any kind of movie. But enjoy this next episode. We'll be either doing a movie review or an interview. And I hope everybody stays safe. Bye. Thank you, Steve.